Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is a big day. I'm telling you, three days away from the NBA draft. Holy smokes! McKelly, wow, how's it going? Well, it's um, it's going great. I have crazy days, but at least I was able to take Thursday and Friday off. So oh, I can do perfect. whatever. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, I'll be watching live probably until my uh, until I I can stay awake. I don't know, uh, depending on the activities that I'll be involved in. But yeah. um, you know, it's um, it's that week. I mean, and it, and it's extremely important for OKC this year. So it is. Yeah, they've got a they've got a hit on one of these picks in one way or another. It feels like there will be a trade of some kind with the mm-hmm. Thunder uh, on or before Thursday. I would guess it will include consolidating draft picks, whether that be mm-hmm. as little as 34 and 36 to move up to like 28 or 29 or whatever it is there, or uh, 16 and 18. And then there is still the glimmer of hope that they can trade six and additional assets and trade up into the top four. So there's yeah. there's a, a little bit of that scuttle going on today. Uh, you go to SI.com. Jeremy Wu did his recent mock draft. He has the Thunder big surprise selecting James Booknight at six, mm-hmm. who is – it feels like if they stay at six – that the information that is floating out there point to James Booknight being the guy. Now, yeah. that we have that information, we have it for a reason, is the reason that it is that they do in fact like him? Maybe. Is the information mm-hmm. out there because they know the Warriors like him and that they will trade, they know that the Warriors would like to trade an additional asset and the Thunder could still get Kaminga? I don't know. Uh, there, there's some draft interviews today still, and I watch. I was on them on Friday. I've not. I've been working pretty much all day. I have not had a chance to hop on any of the Zoom calls that have happened today. Apparently, Keon Johnson talked about how his interview went very well and his workout went very well in OKC. I don't know if that means anything or not because I don't know of any guy that's hopped on a call and been like, "Man, my workout." I really screwed with, up with the Celtics. Was horrible. I was terrible. Yeah, and speaking of Keon, like um, for the subscribe for the listeners that are subscribers to OKC Dream Team, I mean we were pretty critical of him as a top and early on pick. we were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think 
it's still relevant to us, but it's a completely different idea of drafting a guy like that with 16 or 18. I think sure. that it is a gamble there. And it's a gamble that maybe I I wouldn't do uh, if other talents are there, but it's but it's it's still interesting. I mean, uh, this draft this draft is kind of we said it many times flat after six, seven, eight, um, probably even after five, and there is some truth to that. And so guys like Jalen Johnson or guys like Moses Moody have a pretty wide like range of outcomes and. Book night. Well, if I have to choose today between Book Knight and Kuminga, I would probably draft Book Knight, um, yeah. because there are still some things that I I don't trust in Kuminga, and I, I watched very little. It's probably the prospect that I uh, I don't know. I, I have no idea uh, about about him. I have a lot of thoughts in my mind. It's, Kuminga, it's still unclear. Yes, yes, about Kuminga. It's uh, it's really, yeah. really tricky to me to evaluate him. Uh, based on the G League, to me, it's... I, I don't see him about as the, a... I was just going to say, the thing, about, the thing about Kuminga is that the Thunder have a general manager who probably knows him better than any other GM in the league because mm-hmm. he was in the G League bubble the whole time. I'm sure the intel that he has on him... Mm-hmm. is probably good or better than anybody else's. Yeah. What that intel says, what he thought of him in the bubble, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Yeah. Would I be surprised to see them take Kaminga? I would not no. be surprised to see them take Kaminga. I think that if Kaminga works in the NBA, he works in a situation like the Thunder, like the Raptors. You know, I've been saying this for what feels Absolutely. like forever now. And I think that it's the right situation for him. And he has a higher upside than Book Knight because of his his physical nature. He's huge. He's a big wing. Yeah. And he's skilled. And he's got yeah. uh, he has the whole package there. Now, yeah. can he put it all together? Uh, he has yet to put it all together. And that's yeah, yeah. just yeah. a fact. Yeah, and the fact that that basically his development kind of stopped after a very successful high school um, career and a couple of games in the G mm-hmm. League where like everyone was, wow, this is the guy. Is he the guy? Is yeah. he number one? And then he plateaued and then he dove uh, deep into, well, he's a top five pick. I mean, up until I would say mar- early March or whatever, this was a five guys draft like five players draft and and now we're saying that is four or maybe three plus Suggs plus Barnes and maybe Kuminga is more near to Moody and, and Book Knight so it, mm-hmm. it's all it's all going very fast and and again Book Knight to me gives he played well in the 15 games but it's not that he, he has no red flags I mean, he he doesn't pass the ball at all. So we pass it very. I I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. It's really interesting uh, how OKC will approach uh, this draft pick. Um, with probably the the best outcome is being able to move up because that is not a foregone conclusion that they will not uh, be able to do that. I mean, to me, it's yeah. still very much in place. I mean, if you look at the pre- previous drafts, like 
two three picks, like two extra for some picks, can allow you to move up. And in OKC yeah. can put in four without even blink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it is very interesting. No one has really been offered what OKC has the ability to offer. And yeah. I would argue that perhaps this isn't the draft to do this with because mm -hmm. are the guys at the top very good? Yes, absolutely. I think these are very good players. Are they going to necessarily change everything about your franchise? Like, are they no. worth, are these guys worth five picks? I think the answer is probably no. And but. I, th I think that now we, we want them to do that. But I would just, as a, as a Thunder observer and a fan and somebody that wants the best for this team, I would, if they, if they stay pat at six and maybe they trade 16, 18 for 12 or whatever it is, and, that, and that's mm. what they do, like, don't be discouraged because I think the time, one of the times to make a play like this will be next year will be in the 22 draft. And I think that the Thunder will – it, it will to me, it's going to happen either Thursday or it's going to happen next year where they're just going to push so much to the center of the table and, mm -hmm. and say, we want the next star next to this guy. And maybe they like Book Night enough. You know, I I did a, a mock draft with some guys from The Athletic. One, one of the guys said he thinks that Book Night's the third best player in this draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the shot creation is real, and he's maybe the maybe the Thunder have the same opinion, yeah. and they think if we get the third pick, we'd want to take Book Knight anyways. We we just don't. The, it's so hard to judge everything without knowing where what the Thunder really think of any of these guys because they may have some of these guys way down the board. You know, yeah. Woj talked about the Thunder really liking Cade and Mobley, which makes sense. Yeah, and if the Thunder were able to get the third yes. pick and get Mobley. I'd be very supportive of that. I think that would be an excellent move. Um, but we also just don't know what their evaluations are of a guy like Book Knight. Do they have Book Knight ahead of Suggs? I think that's nuts. Possible. But it's certainly it's possible, possible that he is. And we just have to understand that while we have the mock drafts, and we're going to go through these mock drafts here in a minute, of all of these very, very intelligent guys that, cover the draft that that's all they do that's what their life is is covering the draft mm -hmm. talking to people putting these together talking with teams about their intel like that's what they do but the thunder are just different there are organizations that spew everything out like the warriors are notorious for this the warriors spew everything out you know everything they're thinking you know what they want to do you know how they want to do it yeah and they still do it anyways kind of thing we just don't know. We just don't know how the Thunder feel. They may think that Jonathan Kaminga is the guy. They may think that Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs are the guys, and they and they want to get in the top four. I think that we'll find out on Thursday what they think because I do think that they have the ability to overwhelm somebody if they believe that somebody is the guy. And I've said this many times, and it may sound like a broken record, but the reason that you acquire all these picks yeah. is to get what you want. And I believe at the end of the day, Sam Presti will do whatever he can to get what he wants. Now, if what he wants is Cade Cunningham, he might not be able to get it. But outside of that, I think that he has the ability to go get what he wants. 
Yeah, and, and on that topic, I think that there is something relevant to say and that correlates with what we were saying before about this is not the draft in which you you need necessarily to move up. I think that in some drafts, like if if uh, in two years you want to get uh, Wembanyama, I'm not sure you can get a guy like that. Uh, or maybe you can. I mean, like Doncic was had. So, I mean, you, you can probably um, think about that. But Zion, in a draft... In a draft where you have a Zion, there is no way you draft to the number one. And and Cade is not at that level. And nor are Mobley and Suggs or 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 Jalen Green. So I think that in a draft like that, there is a real possibility if you if you really uh, want a guy to get that guy. Because yeah. it's no mystery. Cade is for many, many observer in a in a tier of his own, the tier of superstars. And the others are not in the same tier. And usually the guys that are not in number one tier, you can have, you have a way to get them. I mean, there was probably a way to get Lamelo Ball last year. Probably the price was steep and no one really decided to, to move up. But to me, this year, there is a real chance to do that. Especially yeah. if the draft order goes in OKC's direction. I mean, no one knows um, where what mm-hmm. Houston will do. I mean, if Houston takes Mobley, then maybe OKC says, well, I don't possibly care to draft and move up to take Suggs or or, or Jalen Green. And and they just stay yeah. put and say, well, among the guards, we like Suggs, Book Knight and, and Green, probably in the, we, we have them in the same tier and it's there's no point in moving up. And, and this is entirely possible. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, Book Knight right now is talking and shouts to Rylan Stiles who's tweeting out all the quotes he says I've been talking to OKC a lot I got to get dinner with Sam and the other guys in the front office Um, he's had a workout he calls OKC great people and he could see himself fitting in with them Um, so yeah I think I think there's something there I don't think that all Mm -hmm. these people would be saying these things and it not be real I'll just say that and yeah. if they stay at six, I would expect it to be book night. But don't be surprised if they go somewhere else. Uh, but it does. And feel again, like that's the collision course we're heading toward, though. In a draft where you take book night and then you maybe take someone like Gide at at maybe you are then a little bit uh, guard heavy. But a draft like that to me is a good draft, even if you mm-hmm. like you had bad luck. And so, I mean, yeah, Book Knight is not 6'8", 6'7", 6'5", probably, with a with a good wingspan. And so even if he's not tall for a guard, he's not small. Like, he, he can play alongside Shea, and that would be a very good backcourt. And then you can put in Dort as, a, as your whatever bulldog that you need in any of the remaining positions. Yep. True. Uh, Jeremy Wu does say that sources say the Thunder have made overtures about trading into the upper reaches of the draft, but so far have yet to gain serious traction. Rival teams remain wary of the possibility that they could leap into the top three. Although Oklahoma City is among the more tight-lipped front offices in the league, rival teams generally agree that Booknight and Jonathan Kaminga are the two players to most likely most likely in the mix here if they stand pat. So yeah. that, that feels... That's not new information. 
it, no. <laughs> the fact that they would it make confirms whatever we just discussed. The upper, yeah, yeah, it's it's like the Thunder made calls on the top picks. Duh, the Thunder make calls on the top picks every single year. This is nothing new. This is nothing yeah. new at all. But Jeremy Wu has the Thunder taking Book Knight at six. At sixteen, he's got Keon Johnson from Tennessee, our our favorite prospect. But again. At 16, it wouldn't be my selection. Certainly not. Mm -hmm. But at 16, the risk is mitigated. And if you think that you can turn him into a player, go for it. It's totally fine Mm -hmm. then. And then Jalen Johnson at 18, which is, I have more concerns about Jalen than I do about Mm -hmm. Keon. He doesn't feel like a Thunder guy. Maybe they, maybe all the, there's a lot of concerns about Jalen Johnson. He, I, I wouldn't yeah. take him. I just wouldn't do it. But he, you cannot deny that these are upside swings and something that Thunder fans can talk themselves into as like you take Keon and Jalen and maybe one of them works out, then you're in the money. Like that's, yeah. And that's how this works. These would not be the guys I would take. I think everybody knows that. I think everybody knows how I feel about both of these players. But yeah. they do play positions of need in the NBA. And I think that yeah. it's okay to take them there. Wings I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset. slash forwards. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, Chad Ford, in his latest mock draft, has the Thunder taking Jonathan Kaminga at six. He has Josh Giddy falling all the way to 16, which I would... <laughs> the kind of dancing I would do would be just horrifically embarrassing to everyone that's going to be at this draft party if they got Josh Giddy at 16. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, the stretch four at 18. Oh, well, there's a yeah. weird. It was a weird thing to say in his interview on Friday. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's. Hold on. Uh, I mean, Here, can, let me finish this out real quick. Uh, Brandon Boston at 32, Vrenz Blyenberg at 34. Uh, 32 and 34 is not right. They have 34 and 36. Yes, should be, but whoever it is, Brandon and Vrenz. Uh, so that's an interesting draft. If they came in with Kaminga, Giddy, Isaiah Jackson. Friends and Brandon Boston. Like that's that is a really interesting outcome. I don't think they're going to take this many players. I don't think they're going to have carry six players at, mm-hmm. on rookie scale deals. I think that's unlikely, but it's not impossible. And if they did, uh, this would be this would be a really interesting outcome. I'd actually be quite excited about the Kaminga, Giddy, Isaiah Jackson trio in the first round. I think that that's. That's a very, very interesting outcome. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's interesting also to have Boston. I know that he had a horrible, horrible season at Kentucky. But yep. that is a guy that was a five-star recruit. And, I mean, you know that Presti will look into that, right? I mean, he's there. Oh, of uh, course. He smoked like around there. And I think that there is a legit chance to, especially if they go shot creation in book night and and stuff like that. Um, just playing with know. the blue, just playing with the blue all season. Yeah, and and let yeah, him he, get he's, reps. Yeah, he's still tall, long. Uh, yeah. He doesn't shoot it, but I mean, he was a guy that had success in in high school. So I always wonder about these guys, and yeah. especially Presti, like valuing like even past experience quite a lot so yeah he's interesting um i think that if you have kuminga and giddy and not like just consolidate 
16 and 18 and get Giddy instead of getting Giddy and um, and Jackson. I think that is a good draft as well. Uh, I would I would go. I mean, I, I have high grades on on Giddy. I think that to me is a top 10 pick this year, quite mm-hmm. clearly. Mm-hmm. And um, if they are able to get him, even consolidating two picks, that is something that I would actually do. Because yeah. I mean, I loved, I just loved the passing and the fact mm-hmm. that he, he he improved during the season in terms of um, the shooting percentage and, and stuff like that. So, like he's, um, I would really try to get him. Yeah. Um, in this draft, and I think that I would too. even if they don't trade up in the top five, Giddy is someone that you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you can go. They can if they really want him, they can go, they can find a way to get him, and I really hope they do. Also, mm-hmm. shouts to Brandon Rabar, and uh, <laughs> that is the main reason why you want and his one year old's poop, like big big shouts. Uh, I get, it's it's the funny. It's such a funny instance because like one, I can like totally I can totally relate to it because there have been moments <laughs> yeah. where I've been on Zoom calls. And I am doing all kinds of things. Like I put together a couch while I was on a Zoom call. Uh, I have done all kinds of things. My kids have been yelling in the background while I'm on a Zoom call. I don't know if I've asked about poop before. Probably have. So it's like a very relatable 2021 moment. Uh, And I loved it. And I just love that we can always relate back to the poop from there. Um, Yeah. One one thing to to look at. This was written by Sam Vecini and it was put out on The Athletic today. This is, I'm not going to give you all of it because I want you to go read it. Uh, it's very, very good. So what it is, it's the ranking the best offensive skills mm-hmm. in the draft by Sam Vecini. So one, if, you, if you're anything of a Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green believer, like this is, a, this is an article for you, but it's also one that will get you very excited for James Booknight because Booknight yeah. is – labeled as like one of the better interior scorers, uh, one of the better ball handlers in this draft, one of the better scorers in this draft. It is well worth your time to go read this uh, yeah. because it it could change the way you think about some of these players. And just like not mentioning some of them, like you should go read it. It's That's a very, very good piece. Yeah. Out the I have only today. one. I read it like very quickly. Yeah. And I think I remember that, that Jalen Sachs is not in the pull-up threat uh, part. He's not in the, the top, top five. five. Yeah, I don't think he is. And that to me is, is something that, to me, Jalen Sachs will be able to translate quite easily, uh, especially from the mid-range. Mm-hmm. The three ball, I agree. Uh, if you include that as a, in, in your pull-up evaluation, then yes, he's not yeah. good at that. But to me, Suggs is one of the um, one of the best mid-range pull-up shooter uh, in this class. Mm-hmm. He can really, really take um, get separation and, and punish people. And so, I this is one something that to me is really valuable for Suggs, and that's probably why I have him very high. Not not at Kate level, but you know, um, in the second year. Yeah, uh, James Booknight. Uh, this is from uh, Nick Crane at Crane NBA's uh, Twitter feed. It says, me and Shay in the backcourt, I think we would be a deadly young backcourt. <laughs> yes. 
especially if he learns how to play off ball, which is something that this is something that we that we mention. And mm -hmm. and if you want to 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 get the the whole pod, just get subscribed to OKC Dream Team. But I think that we said if he learns how to play off the ball. Mm -hmm. That is because he can move. Uh, he can clearly move. He has good feet. He has good understanding of the game, and he had basically nobody uh, that could pass him the ball like Shea will. Yeah. And if that is his idea, like being able to really share the court with Shea and being the off-ball, on-ball threat, they can and they can both be uh, dangerous with the ball and without. Then Book Knight becomes extremely interesting, and I think we mentioned exactly that, like. If he is willing to say, well, I'll try to play off the ball and just get on ball when Shea sits, then mm -hmm. it's then he is very interesting. And maybe we are just talking ourselves into Book Knight because it seems inevitable that OKC will pick him. Yeah. But but he has the upside for sure. Yeah. The passing stuff is legit scary to me. Yeah. But but it doesn't mean he will never pass it. It's not like he doesn't have like any passing in his game at all. It's just very no. it was very limited and it could have been very circumstantial. It didn't feel that way when I watched him. It didn't feel circumstantial to me. It felt like no. a, a lack of skill to me and a lack of vision. Mm -hmm. But OKC has a there's a thought process behind it. This is the thing about the Thunder is that they're they are so thoughtful at what they do. And I, I I just have to trust the organization to make the right calls with what they're doing, especially at the top of the draft. Um, Kevin O'Connor's, uh, let's see, his mock draft has OKC taking Jonathan Kaminga at 6, at 16, Cam Thomas out of LSU, and Alperin Shangun at 18. It just feels uh, un so unlikely that Shangun lasts to... 16 in this draft now like moody at 15 duarte at 14 giddy at 13 garuba at 12 garuba feels like that's it feels too high for garuba to me he's I in like the him rise a lot though. i i like him a lot i would love for him to fall to the thunder um mm -hmm. kai jones at 11 that feels really high to me uh kispert to the pelicans feels like a foregone conclusion franz wagner to the kings feels like that too Davion at eight to the Magic also feels high to me. Yeah. Um, Where so, is Butler? Jared Butler. Mm -hmm. Oh my guy, our guy. Uh, Twenty-five to the Clippers. That is to me. There aren't um, seventeen spots between the two. That is. That is not a good read to me. Like if you're, if Davion is eight between what? Oh, between Dave. Oh. I think yeah. he's the better Baylor guard, and I may be, I may be on an island there to a degree. I yeah. think some. I know other people think that. I've had other people say that to me. I would so much rather have him though. Like he to me, he's know. like. I absolutely know. I absolutely <laughs> know it. I, I rewatched the way in which Devin Mitchell shut down Kate, and to me that that is something that should be taken into consideration. Sure. I know that, that he's older and he's more mature, but it still shut really shut down a guy that Yeah. Not 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 totally shut down, but he was very yeah. good against a six eight guy being six one. And that to me 
makes the entire difference. That said, if you say, well, Mitchell goes 11 and Butler goes 17, that to me is reasonable, completely reasonable. To have one going like 8 or 7 and the other going 25, that to me yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's like really health. no sense. It's the health, it's the health issues though. Like, yeah, but he's cleared. I know he's cleared. You still have to be a little concerned about it. Yes. Yeah. Am I, you know, I, I get not it. 17 um, spots. Yeah. He, he shut Cade Cunningham down. Cade Cunningham still had 24, seven and four, 25, eight and five both times. So, but he played very well against him. He played him well. He did play him well. He stripped him a couple times. I, those do stick out to me. Definitely. I just, I love Jared Butler's floater. I love his ability yeah. to be catch and shoot. I love his ability oh, yeah. to pass the pick and roll. To me, he just has so many translatable skills to the NBA, and not and and not that his counterpart does not. I just Jared Butler has turned into one of my favorite guys in the draft. Yeah, and, I think, and for I think some he's teams, criminally underrated. Criminally yeah, underrated. Yeah, and for some team, it may be better to draft a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, OKC is probably one of them. Um, I see more upside in getting someone like that compared to Mitchell because you probably have, you probably have, in your roster here and there the same thing that Mitchell does. You yeah. don't have what Butler does. Um, you have some, but again, to me, he makes sense for OKC way more than than Mitchell does, mm-hmm. uh, especially where they where they pick. Like, mm-hmm. so it's um. It's a it's a good combo. I, I really I'm interested to see where they land uh, on that yeah. night. If Jared Butler falls to 25, I, I I just think that's dumb. I think it's straight up dumb. There are so many players above him: Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Johnson, Josh Primo. I like Primo. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't have him graded above him. Uh, no. Trey Murphy. No, no, I wouldn't have not. him graded above. Keon Johnson. Nope. Sharif Cooper. Murphy. Heck no. Murphy? Heck no. Murphy, Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, I like Murphy. I, I just, I feel more sure about Jared Butler. I just feel more sure about him. I don't know. I it would be do. extremely tricky to me <laughs> to pick one between the yeah. two. Yeah, James Anderson says, and Butler is nine months older than Suggs. Yeah. So he's a junior, but he's young. Uh, yeah. I would, I would absolutely love to see him wearing a Thunder jersey. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so let's go to ESPN's mock. We've had Woj and Lowe. We've had that show. They've done a podcast that I haven't listened to yet, uh, and they've released a new mock draft, which they only release like two or three mock drafts, uh, which is yeah. just strange to me. I, don't, I would love to know uh, what's behind all of that, like why, why mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to direct more people to your website but whatever uh at six they have james Booknight, and to me and some of this may be just gathering intel and wanting to release it all at once like jonathan gavoni is one of the best at mock drafts he's the one that i would pay, i would just pay very close attention to it um i think sam vicini too like sam vicini i've gotten to know him really well over the past you know several weeks and the dude is just on the phone all the time trying mm. to uh, 
trying to figure out what's going on with all these players. Uh, so Scotty yeah, Barnes Jonathan going is, at is very connected. Like he oh, he's he very is one. Yeah, yeah. When when he was at Draft Express, so with not with the ESPN powers, he was still probably the best at putting the right order. Yeah. Um, he is not necessarily uh, the best talent evaluator. I think that Mike mm-hmm. Schmitz is at least as good, if not better. Schmitz but is the, the so two, good. Yeah. yeah, the two, the couple is perfect because he has so all good. the intels. He knows a lot. He knows agents. He knows. Well, he knows everyone, and yeah. and he's very Mike good. Schmitz. So Mike Schmitz, friend of the pod. We had him, I had him on whenever he was just cutting those videos for Draft Express, like. I don't know, six or seven years ago. I played beer pong with Mike Schmitz. You did? <laughs> yes. He's the man. I, I really, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. I think he does such a good job. I'm really excited. I'm so excited for him that he gets the opportunity to do this because he's so good at it. Yeah. And like, is like a true like basketball lifer, and he, yeah. like, he really deserves it. Uh, so they have OKC selecting James Booknight at six. Big shocker there. I I don't know how you feel about this. I just don't I don't really get Orlando wanting Scotty Barnes so badly. Like you want to add Scotty to the number of wings that can't shoot it to your rock. I just don't the roster construction and like they have no real creators. It's like Mark is Marco Fultz your creator? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So much shades on Cole Anthony. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. You're counting on a bench guard to, to buoy your team with his scoring. Wow. Like, give me a break. Man, wow. I just I like Scotty Barnes. I honestly would be glad if they would take him because I just don't know if that's the guy I want to root for <laughs> ultimately at the NBA level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that I would almost prefer Book Knight at this point to him and almost prefer just the selection of Kaminga to him. Um but it does feel like Orlando is locked in on Scotty Barnes there at five, which like okay. If he's like, there, do your thing. If he's there, if if uh, he's there, true. And then Moses Moody at eight, which still doesn't really address any of the problems that they have. Like, they just have a, they have a ton of wings, and I I don't know. It's not my problem though. I uh, mean, it's it's almost better if they try to trade down and. Yeah. If say Sucks is there, well, if he's, if yeah. Sucks is there, you have to take him. Um, to. But like an Orlando team that drafts Giddy and and Moody is probably in the same ballpark as the one as one of the draft Barnes and I don't know uh, another non-shot creator. I mean, they really need someone who can, and you can argue that it's not a problem if they are awful next season yeah so oh. drafting barnes and, and moody will probably put them into the 18 wins territory uh which is perfect um so it's 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 also drafting a, a very good character that can probably elevate the locker room because cody barnes will be that will, will make winning plays will will play defense and and maybe maybe this is the way to start a certain culture there and yes, they, they will not be any good, but they they are playing the long run. One yeah. thing that I want to ask you is, which is completely irrelevant to what we are discussing now, uh, and then, then probably you have to say who's 
who's in the ESPN draft at 16 and 18. But just yep. to gather your feeling about this, do you think that Washington will pull the trigger on both Ross and Beal? To say, well, if we trade them both, we have nothing, like completely nothing. And we can trade Bertans to, to the Mavericks or whatever and just have really nothing. Mm-hmm. For some combination of all well, the Lakers trying to pull off a sign-and-trade and Golden State yeah. putting Weissman 7-14 and two extra first. Something like that. What's your feeling? I think it's all Likely. about what Brad. I think it's all hmm. what all what Brad wants. I don't have a good feel for it. I would say it would make sense for all parties involved to get this deal yeah. done. Is my is my assessment on it? Uh, I think there is a real chance that Brad just says, "Please go try to find another player, like trade. Go go take." 15, Rui, anything else that's on the roster. And get me Kevin Love. Sorry. (laughs) And go get like a good player for me. I think that that is probably, and it's similar, like he and Lillard are in the same boat where Mm -hmm. it's make the team better because I think that they want, they both want to find a way to stay. I think that loyalty is a real thing for both of them. And I think Mm -hmm. they would both really like to stay. And if they can figure out a way to stay, I think they will. Mm-hmm. However, I do think the Warriors stuff is extremely real. Like, it is substantial. I, I don't think that the article that Marcus Thompson wrote is a coincidence mm-hmm. at all. I think that it's sourced. I think that it's real. I think that there is a more than... 30% chance that it happens. So I would, I would, is, buckle, which, I would buckle up because I, I think that there is a real chance that that stop starts moving pretty quickly. If the, if Beal says, okay, I've had enough, then I think yeah. that it's, a, that I think you can go ahead and put a Warriors Jersey on him. Which is great for the Thunder because there is another team that will likely beat them four times in the regular season. Not a very good news True. because what, what, there is another contender for that last spot in the 2022 draft. But, you know, True. you cannot True. have everything. So, 16 and 18, ESPN. Before we go to that, we're going to take a quick break. Wow. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. All right, 16 and 18 on ESPN's mock draft, our guy, 
Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. Shooting guard, crazy athlete, a wild man, a <laughs> definitely a guy who would have I would have like mocked him at six to OKC if it were 2011 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, at 16 again, it's not. It doesn't kill me at 16. It's no. fine. No. It is totally fine, especially if there's no Shangoon, uh, if there's no Giddy. Like those two, if either of those two are available and they take Keon Johnson, then yes, I'm throwing a fit. Like I'm throwing a This huge is exactly fit. what will happen. <laughs> I know, they'll both be available at 16 and 18 and they'll still take Keon but and Johnson. Say- you can say, if you really like Keon, there is a legit chance that, that Memphis is going to draft him. It makes sense for them. Whereas Giddy makes less of sense for them. Maybe. Yeah. They have true. already slow-mo. They do. Yeah. And, and Ja. So, and then 18 yeah. was there. Oh, this is, I would be excited for this one. Usman Garuba at 18. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I'd the Thunder have an opportunity to play Garuba as their center and be okay with that. Yeah. Like, to me, like you play Pakushevsky, Baisley, Garuba, Shea, and Dort. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, that team will not score, but they will defend quite well. And, and whenever Baisley and Pakushevsky find ways to hit trees, and maybe Garuba will as well, that will be, I mean, just to watch Dort, and Garuba play pick and roll defense, that would be insane. I mean, mm-hmm. and Garuba is young. I mean, today he has no ways except for playing in the dunker spot and hoping that the tree, the tree goes in to score at the NBA level. He has no other ways. And But the defense is ready. I mean, he will play tomorrow and be Tybal like, Dort like on defense. Yeah. Yeah. And if that happens, if OKC can get him, and I think that there is a legit chance that he's there at 16, I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't either. The value's there. There's, there's yeah. extreme value there. I think he's 11th on San Vecini's board. Yeah, I know. I know he has him. To me, he has him too high. Mm-hmm. He probably believes in his shot more than I do, uh, which means that he probably he's probably right, and I'm surely wrong. Um, but I'm I worried about the fact that he's monodimensional uh, offensively. He well, two like, he has two ways to attack the basket, and mm-hmm. and that to me is is tricky, mm-hmm. especially because he's not like Serge Ibaka in terms of athleticism. Okay. He is a good athlete, but he's not a guy that will fly for a dunk on a pick and roll. Uh, okay, last thing before we go, because I know you got to get out of here. L- let's talk about this Hawks rumor a little bit. Oh, wow. So, let me pull up the tweet. Who sent it out? Was it Gavoni? I absolutely don't remember. Um, I believe it was Gavoni. Um, about the search for a first-round pick for Cam Reddish. Yeah. What do you think about Cam Reddish? As you know, I was very high on him already last season uh, about yeah. trading for him, even a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is still relevant. Maybe maybe you don't really trade a first-round pick. 
um, I proposed something on Twitter like you do 20 and reddish for 16 and 1, 16, 34 and 55. Hmm. Something like that, where hmm. you don't give a real first, you just trade back a couple of spots yeah. and you add two second rounders. Maybe they will ask for the two good second rounders, which is still okay for me. I would, fine. Yeah, but it's it's not completely fine. I would prefer... Would you like, rather... Okay, so the question then is, would you rather take like Brandon Boston and whoever else is there in the second round or would you rather have Cam Reddish? It depends who's there at 16 because that is... Um, that is important like would you we, would you be okay if Shangun drafting? and Giddy are gone if yeah but even even gone. like even Garuba if Garuba is there would you do that because that is what you lose you lose the ability to pick someone in, at six at 16 and you give up two two good second round round guys which is okay I mean I'm just saying that I would not start with the, with that as my initial offer. My initial offer would be trading back and plus one additional pick, then maybe 55 and if nothing works, try to see that if we can exchange also second round picks something like that. Um but yeah, I mean the idea of Reddish on this team to me is perfect. I mean he's still young. He's younger than kind of a lot of is 2 3 years older uh, younger than Duarte. Is he 21? Yeah, he's 21. Yeah, so he's yeah, three the same years younger than Duarte. Yeah. Yeah, he's the same age as um is one year younger than Ludort or same age as Ludort? I think he's about the same age as Dort. Yeah, so there are many um guys that are born in 2000 or 1999 in the in in this draft. So you're drafting a guy that is you're you're basically using a second draft on yeah. this guy. I mean, Davion, Kispert, Duarte, Trey Murphy is about the same age as him. Yeah. Uh, DeSumo is the same age as him. Quentin Grimes is the same age as him. Joel Ayayi is the same age as him. Uh, and again, put Reddish in the NCAA. His year was bad um, mm -hmm. in college because he was like not assertive. But he made improvement on that. And he is a legit shooter. I really believe in his shot. I always did. And to me, he makes total sense in a role where he's not asked to be the man. Mm -hmm. But he will be involved. Like way more than what he is in Atlanta right now. So to me, there is potential. Because in Atlanta, he will be a guy that will have spot minutes. Like 5, 10, 15. In OKC, 35. Right from the bat. Like, yeah, yeah. play, shoot, what, whatever. Good. He's 6'8". It's a position of need. Yeah. And they'll figure out really what he is. You know, they'll... Yeah. I would be actually pretty excited to, to get Reddish because I think that even if he's not a guy that I expect to be an all-star or nothing like that, he may end up being a very good role player uh, that scores 14 per game on good efficiency. And he, he's not bad defensively. He was quite bad when he started in Atlanta, but he made improvements. And mm -hmm. so I, I really think that to me, if the alternatives are, would you draft Keon Johnson, Jalen Johnson, or try to get Reddish? To me, the answer is try to get Reddish. And maybe I'm wrong. Again, maybe Keon will be exactly 
like Reddish in two years. I don't know. I just love fluid athletes that can shoot the three and. And he's big. That's the difference between he and Keon. It's like he's, yeah, he's actually big. You know, he can play three four, and you know that's. Yeah, but even if he's just a three, who cares? I mean, he's already a position of need. Like at, at oh, even if he can just play the um, the wing spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with that. I think it makes sense. It's a it's a a nice flyer to take. I'm a little, I guess. Atlanta just doesn't want to pay him. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it is a little concerning that a t- like a young team though would be like, eh, you pay him. You know, it's a little. Well, it's a little concerning. Somebody uh, they picked tenth, a part of the yeah. Luca trade, right? Yeah. 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 No. And it's I concerning. said that he's a shooter, but the shooting is not really there as of now. So maybe. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. maybe I'm too optimistic about Reddish. Who knows? Uh, Woj just tweeted: Detroit's internal meetings are still revolving around three players for the number one pick on Thursday night: Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. Sources tell ESPN Detroit isn't fully there yet on committing to Cunningham with their first overall choice, which means that there's still a chance. Because if you don't take Cade at one, what it means is you're trading back, and they're not going to trade back all the way to six so everybody chill out with that they're gonna trade back to two or to three like that's what will happen if they decide that they don't want to take if they want anybody else but Cade then I guess he should move and try to secure a trade with Cleveland right now they definitely should I have a I contributed to an article that's supposed to be released on the athletic uh, let me see if it's out yet. About just that topic, about trading to the third pick and what it would take. And Kelsey Russo and I had a a, a lengthy uh, Slack conversation about what it would take. Uh, that was pretty pretty interesting because I do think that there's that the Thunder have a shot to make it happen. I really do believe that they can uh, that they can get there. I don't think it's out yet. Be on the lookout for that. I'll have that on my Twitter timeline so you can see the the trade that I uh, she I think she agreed to it. I don't know <laughs> what her written portion is gonna look like, but I think she agreed to the, that she thinks that the Cavs would do the trade that I sent for the third pick. So be on the lookout for that one. Uh, all right, McKelly, I gotta get you moved on with the rest of your life here. Uh, prediction, real quick before before we go, what's your prediction for Thursday? Um, I would say book night, consolidation trade for Giddy, and then probably friends in the second round. Oh, nice. Okay. I love I'm it. I'm not sure if, if it's a prediction, prediction or a, I, would, I will say this, or a dream scenario. No, no. Yes, oh. this is my dream scenario. <laughs> Who knows if something else will happen. Oh, man. So we have Hoopsock69, Thomas Bartell, uh, David is here. Spencer Smith is here. Lawrence Field, Jason Hendricks, Evan Christian. Sorry, I can't even read where you're from because there's so many people in the chat today. Thanks so much, for everybody, for, for tuning in today. Uh, Jake Ayeo, Brian, Andy Robinson, Jimmy Woodpecker, Dan Mayan, Fitness 2018, Italio Barito, uh, Dylan Walker, 
Um, let's see. Small Cap Crypto G is here. Ben underscore Heath Land is here. Uh, let's see. I get I get by with a little help from my friends is in the chat. <laughs> Momar. Buster Nakamoto is here. Uh, Barrett Brown. What's up, Barrett? Uh, Bryce Little is here. Joseph Leland is here. Uh, Luke Boisinger is here. We've got one minute left on my song before this is over. Chad Scott is here. M. Webb, White Black, Dylan Harris. Everyone needs a smile. Evan Riggs. Uh, y. Sermon is here. Daniel Tomasi. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Daniel Tomasi. What's Hope on? You're having a great day. What's on? Hope you're having a great day, dude. Uh, Matty Moles is here. James Anderson is here. Uh, Augusto Sarmento is here. Uh, my guy Alex Bowlerjack is here. What's up, Alex? Uh, let's see. Anybody else that I have missed? Greg Ray is here. Ryan B is here. Nice. Ike is here. Um, Stay Jamaica is here. He's here. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you guys have a great, great Monday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.